0: Hello, everyone. I am speaking to you from the revolution, apparently. It's been a little while. Um, I have no excuse to make other than I've just been wildly depressed and uh, sort of processing everything going on much the same as I'm sure you all have. And it's a lot to take in. You know, no doubt of that. It's a really complicated time revolutions are complicated and they are not short I think it should be emphasized that this could be the beginning of a long haul so you know process it how you need to accept it and move forward with it because we do need to make changes in this reality if we want to have a future the status quo is no longer acceptable And if anything that this past week has proved, it's that. The tragedy of the whole event is that unleashing a revolution and unleashing a rebellion among people is a hurricane. It is a storm that is violent. And it causes damage. And it's the looting And the violence, and it's all intertwined like a hurricane in my mind. It is a swirling mass that causes damage indiscriminately. But you can't blame the ocean for flooding during a hurricane, if that makes sense, if you're following me along here. And I'm just speaking off the cuff. I'm not doing much of a script. I have some notes but I just feel like I need to talk to you. So what precipitated this hurricane is centuries of oppression, militarism, and authoritarianism. It is merely coming to a head at this point. This is not, and most importantly, I have to speak to my white liberal friends here, this is not unique to Trump. Is it exacerbated by Trump? Yes. Is it worse than recently? In a larger sense? Absolutely. Is it connected to violence we saw under the Obama Biden presidency? Yes. Standing Rock, Ferguson, Baltimore, need we go on? Is it connected to violence that we've seen as far back as 92 in the LA riots? Absolutely. Is it connected to violence we've seen further back? To Watts? Absolutely. The point being that these violent outbursts because of oppression and authority in this country are cyclical and connected. And we cannot let this particular one become minimized and forgotten if you manage to elect Biden in November. I'm not going to sit here and pontificate that Biden is wholly worse than Trump or something. I don't think that would be reasonable. I'm also not going to pretend that Biden's anything good either, because I don't think doing nothing is helpful. Is doing nothing better than actively poisoning it? Yes. (laughs) But still doing nothing at the point that we're at right now is equally date a deadly. So, that's my two two bits on that. It is important to remember the roots of this, the cause of this, and to not start turning on each other and dividing the protesters. And I want to talk about some of the things I've seen in social media, um, in regular media, uh, and things that really concern me. You know, um, first and foremost is the outside white agitator um this concept is is a trope i mean number one and before you turn off the podcast and don't even want to hear what i have to say i'm not saying there aren't people in the crowd who are agitators or provocateurs or maybe undercover cops undercover white nationalists angry antifa kids it's possible but the danger is associating all of that violence And all of that rage with this amorphous white agitator, it minimizes the actual rage coming from the populace. And the reason we do that society, liberals, conservatives, the reason conservatives are all screaming Antifa and the reason that liberals are all screaming white nationalists is because nobody wants to just accept the fact that by and large, this is the populace being angry. If you accept that fact, you might have to face how they got angry. But if you can pass responsibility off on the white agitator, everyone's favorite person to hate, well, then you miss the entire fucking point of the thing. And it's, it's dangerous because then the liberals can move on and be like, well, that protest turned violent and we do have to make changes, but it was just those outside anarchists and Antifa that did that we were behaved we were clean and conservatives can turn right around and say it was all antifa it was all it was all antifa terrorists and that's who did this and criminals not the peaceful protest so that you both get to disown the rage and own the clean beautiful protest well i mean honestly for a lot of us who have been protesting for years when not everyone was there yeah fuck that sorry i know it's not nice or you know whatever point is, you can't have it both ways anymore. And yes, there's provocateurs out there. And yes, if the people running the protest, whoever they may be, do not want whatever the activity that that person is doing, then they should tell that person, approach them as a group, and send them on their way. Do not turn them over to the cops. What the fuck is wrong with you? That is not what's going on here. Okay? Don't do that. If you want them to stop throwing things or burning an American flag or something, tell them to stop and let them go. But turning them over to the cops doesn't make you clean, doesn't make you sanctimonious, doesn't make you perfect. So stop it. You're turning people over to the people who caused the violence in the first place. The cops are the outside white agitator, they're the ones who don't live in the areas that they police they're the ones who bring the violence to all these protests anyway so stop it okay you have every right to run your protest whatever way you want don't turn people over to the police you're not helping secondly both sides of liberal conservative divide because there are multiple sides we are Far less a two sided coin, and we are a 20 sided die in the political spectrum, guys. So, figure it out. But in that liberal conservative divide, there's a lot of blaming of anarchism. So, yes, I'm going to get personally offended by this because I identify as an anarchist. Yes, of course. The problem is that people are referring to this anarchism in the, just the wrong way, and it's, it's bugging, not just me, like, all of the anarchists I know, so, when you see Trump blaming everything on professional anarchists, which, if you're an anarchist, is hilarious, (laughs) nobody pays you, (laughs) so, I mean, that is a, a beautiful sort of hidden joke in the whole thing to us, um, it's the most thankless, poor thing you can be, uh, so, you got Trump blaming professional anarchists, and then you have liberals also blaming anarchists and also calling Trump an anarchist. There was a, a piece in WAPO yesterday that the headline was, Trump, the real anarchist. Now, I don't want to blame it on that author because we all know what headliners, headlines can do to a piece. But just that notion if is hanging out there, the idea that Trump is actually an anarchist. I know what they're trying to say, and I think it's important that we all sit down and have a little conversation about what is anarchism. Now, I I know the way it's being used in the the media and the discourse right now. I understand what they're trying to do, and I'm not even mad yet (laughs) about that. I'm getting there. But they're connecting anarchy with chaos, right? And I think it pisses me off because I remember very distinctly feeling that exact thing when I was younger. I remember that um, I was telling people just the other day. The, my my first experience with under, you know seeing anarchists was the uh, WTO riots and the the Battle of Seattle, and I was I think what is that ninety nine? So I, I got to be like seventeen eighteen at the time. And what I saw, I was, you know, it was probably at my peak liberaldom. Like, I always tell people, I grew up in, like, the Irish freedom movement. My parents were very involved in activism, so I was involved in Irish activism as a kid. But, you know, you go to high school, you know, you're from the suburbs, you go off to college, and it's easy to, like, get away from all that. You know, a little bit like senior year of high school. I'd forgotten about my Irish radicalism mostly. Um, I'd become more of a hippie, like stoner liberal, like very happy. It was 1999. It was a good time to do this. <laughs> and then I saw the Battle of Seattle, and I remember being like, Who are these? Who are these masked individuals? fuckishly causing all this violence. <laughs> You know? And I was I was really put off by them. And I remember being like anarchists, like, oh, they're just violent. They just like chaos. And, and that's like a thought I held in my head. Now, many years later, or actually not that many, but after getting into college, really, and getting more radicalized um, in different sort of protests, what I ended up uh, following was anarchists going to fight um Islamic extremism in a few different places and I'd, I'd been I've become really interested in their stories and that, and that's what really brought me into the idea of anarchism and learning about what it actually meant and that's really what we're what we're headed towards here so um, anarchism for the layperson for everybody out there who thinks it means chaos and violence is not true I mean it, it is it is like glaringly not true like anything you read about anarchism that we would consider something uh, that we would consider substantive theory would would be the opposite of that so anarchy let's start with that word it comes to mean chaos which is interesting and we'll come back to that but what does the word mean because it's funny because we interpret other words that have greek roots rather easily monarchy for instance means the rule of one we know that oligarchy means the rule of a few you know, this all makes sense to us. But when it comes to anarchy, we go, well, that means chaos. Chaos and destruction. So why does all of a sudden it mean something different? The root of the word ark is rule. And, you know, the prefix there is what kind of rule are we talking about? So if monarchy is the rule of one, oligarchy is the rule of a few, anarchy, with the prefix an, is no rule er. so the basis of anarchism is that we do not believe in authoritarian rule we don't believe a, to be led by a person someone that's the thing that we are combating anarchy is the opposite of chaos it is order it is just run by the group not by a ruler that is the main difference in in the conception of anarchy so what I've asked myself and I find fascinating is why do we as a society have the connotation that anarchy is chaos well if you seek to rule people then no ruler is chaotic if you seek to free people then no ruler is order so that's the problem People don't realize that when you actually know anarchists and you actually talk to what they're doing, they're about freedom, they're about liberty, they're about equality. I mean, they're exceptionally driven. I mean, I, I know I'm an anarchist. I'm not talking about myself here. I'm talking about the people who made me anarchist. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, as somebody who's always active in some capacity, be it, like liberal or be it irish freedom radical or i was so impressed with meeting anarchists who just do the job that's the thing that drew me to them most is that a lot of people talk about what needs to be done a lot of people talk about what they would do and what i find is anarchists are getting up and doing it they're going to do the thing it might not be the biggest thing in the world. They might not change the world with that free bucket of soup that they made for the homeless, but they're doing something. Action, they're action oriented. So I wanted to give you a couple of quotes from one of our most treasured inspirational thinkers, uh, Emma Goldman. Now, if you don't know who Emma Goldman is, that's okay. Most people don't know who a lot of anarchist thinkers are. Most people don't even realize that a lot of people they do know are anarchists. Strange, I know. But Emma, if you just take into account that Emma Goldman was, in the early half of the 20th century, a woman arguing for full equality of the sexes, sex positivity... Gender freedom, I mean, ahead of her time doesn't really begin to describe Emma Goldman appropriately. So, I would just say if you don't know her, go read about her. She's fantastic. Some of her rights, she's, uh, the way she writes is very attractive. I think a lot of people can uh, (laughs) back me up that some of our theory, a little on the stodgy side. Um... I don't think Goldman's like that. She's, she's got a, an, an, a very um, enticing way of writing, So, in my opinion. But whatever, I digress. I'm going to read a couple of her long-form quotes here. Um, this is from her essay, What is Anarchism? Uh, or actually, I should say, Anarchism, What It Really Stands For. Um, so, here we are. Anarchism urges man to think to investigate, to analyze every proposition, but that the brain capacity of the average reader be not taxed too much. I also shall begin with a definition, and then elaborate on the latter. Anarchism, the philosophy of a new social order based on liberty unrestricted by man-made law, the theory that all forms of government rest on violence and are therefore wrong and harmful as well as unnecessary. So that's a quick little summation. I think Emma Emma captures it rather well. The function of anarchism is that if there is a hierarchy and if there is power at the top, that power will be wielded against the bottom with violence. That's how you maintain power. That's what you do. So the fundamental tenet of anarchism is you cannot have that hierarchy. M also debunks the idea that anarchy is about chaos. Destruction and violence! How is the ordinary man to know that the most violent element in society is ignorance? That its power of destruction is the very thing anarchism is combating? Nor is he aware that anarchism, whose roots as it were, are part of nature's forces, destroys not healthful tissue but parasitic growths that feed on the life's essence of society. It is merely clearing the soil from weeds and sagebrush that it may eventually bear healthy fruit. So I think that is a a beautiful analogy from Goldman. And a couple of things that I take away after reading that is number one, the conversation back in the 1920s, or the turn of the 20th century, 100 years ago, was not entirely different than it is right now regarding anarchism. <laughs> so that's sad. Uh, number two, that calling Trump an anarchist after hearing what is anarchism is absurd. <laughs> so... Uh, you can understand why that might bug some of us. So if you're going through your day-to-day and you hear people making these comparisons, I'm not asking you to be an anarchist or what have you. I am asking you to know what it is, and if you hear people misusing it, please do your best to correct that. And just... I mean, it sounds dumb, but if we're all... If we can't agree on definitions of words, it's going to be real hard to hammer out, you know, an understanding with anyone. So, let's start there. The other major thing I'm hearing that is driving me nuts is a wild misunderstanding of Antifa. Now, this is mostly coming from conservative right-wing MAGA chuds, you know, a couple of liberals, but by and large, most liberals are becoming more open to Antifa than not, but still pretty liberally about things. But anyway, I digress. Um, Antifa, you know, there's been calls numerous times, and now Trump is, is saying it that he wants to designate Antifa a terrorist organization. I've been reading some things and heard from trustworthy friends that that's not even legally possible, let alone, you know, likely. So, but, <laughs> I mean, 2020 has proven to uh, not really abide by norms. So, anyway, the notion that Antifa is an organization is funny. <laughs> I mean, it's dangerous, um, but it's also extremely funny. Um, the problem is that I am an anti-fascist. I, I know people in who are also anti-fascists. I know people who are in anti-fascist crews, or whatever you want to say. But that's not an organization. <laughs> You know, we don't pay dues to Antifa. We don't sign up for it. It's not a group. It is a stance that groups take. So if you want to join a local organizing activist group and they want to be anti-fascist, then that is a policy like for any conservatives listening. The equivalent would be imagine if a Barack Obama or a future democratic president decided to label patriots as terrorists. Well, patriots are not an organization though. I know many groups that would refer to themselves as patriots or patriotic groups. Now, How could you go about classifying that as an organization? It's the same thing with Antifa. So just stop doing that. It's dumb. It's a waste of everybody's time. And the reason I know he's trying to do it is extremely dangerous. So anyone who's even vaguely supporting this, you're really opening a door to something terrifying. Because all it's going to take is... The president saying you're dissenting against me and any dissent against me is Antifa and we treat Antifa like a terrorist organization. So guess what? You're a terrorist now. And we have seen that play out in Ireland over many hundreds of years, (laughs) you know, Vague association with dissent will get you labeled the most hardcore terrorist and you will suffer all the slings and arrows of being a hardcore terrorist. So either get on board with shutting that shit down now or suffer the consequences. So anti-fascism is a stance that goes back to the origins of fascism. And there's just no room for this nonsense that we've seen so many times that like anti-fascists are the real fascists okay shut up move on no more spirited debate with these people that's fucking lunacy i'm not going to address it anti-fascists are not fascists next antifa or a wide-ranging group of organization Organization, I have like six different messaging apps that are all fucking bananas that try to keep all of my anti fascist friends in line. Like, we're not very organized, guys. (laughs) Like, it's probably our biggest downfall. But to even label that as some sort of sentient organization just to trump up charges against citizens is fucked up. Do not support that in any capacity. So, what I the next thing I want to do is talk about what really happens with anti-fascists and anarchists at protests. Because I'm not hearing enough of that. And it always seems to sort of slide right under the radar. But I need you to hear it and think about it now. And the first piece... I want to talk about is an interview with Dr. Cornel West post the Unite the Right riot uh, perpetrated by white supremacists and white nationalists in Charlottesville. This interview appeared on Democracy Now! with the host Amy Goodman. And here's Dr. West speaking about going to see the Reverend Tracy Blackman give a service and how they were surrounded but what happened was they held us hostage in the church we could not leave after the service because the torch march threatening the people who were there and so in that sense i said Hm, boy these neo-fascists they're out of control where are the police and who would think that our dear sister heather my dear comrade who was also with the iww you know that's very important she was an organizer she stood with us on saturday and she paid the ultimate price and many of us may have to pay ultimate price. Dr. West goes on here as there's talking more about the attacks that were happening. Absolutely, you had a number of the courageous students of all colors at the University of Virginia who were protesting against the neo-fascists themselves. The neo-fascists had their own ammunition, and this is very important to keep in mind because the police for the most part pulled back. The next day, for example, those 20 of us who were standing, many of them clergy, we would have been crushed like cockroaches if it were not for the anarchists and the anti fascists who approached. Over three hundred to three hundred and fifty anti fascists we had just we had just twenty. And we're singing this little light of mine, you know what I mean? So that's the Amy Goodman, the interviewer says here, Antifa, meaning anti fascist. Doctor West responds. The anti fascist and then crucially the anarchists. Because they saved our lives, actually. We would have been completely crushed, and I'll never forget that. Meaning what? Meaning that you had the police holding back on the one hand, so we couldn't even get arrested. We were there to get arrested. We couldn't get arrested because the police had pulled back and just allowing fellow citizens to go at each other, you see, and with all of the consequences that would follow therefrom. So Dr. West... I think is telling an important story that we haven't heard enough. That, you know, anarchists and Antifa, by and large, that's their role. You know, they're willing to go toe-to-toe with these people who are willing to bring violence to you. So, does that mesh with the narrative that we've been hearing? because to me it doesn't it does not mesh with what i see in real life when i'm at protests it does not mesh with the you know with any of the stories like dr west and what i'm going to and what i'm going to share from benjamin dixon in a moment and yet that is a predominant theme throughout the uh, throughout the coverage and the discourse regarding these protests white anarchists and antifa are the troublemakers You need to ask yourself who's pushing that narrative and what do they have to gain by it. The next thing I want to read to you is a Twitter thread from a couple of days ago. Benjamin Dixon, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show, which is absolutely essential listening right now. You need to be checking out his show every day because he's keeping you informed. But what I want to share from Ben is something that I've seen a lot in real life, which is people who have opinions about anti-fascists and anarchists that are the sort of normal stereotype, the troublemaker sort of stereotype, go through some real life experience with them and come out the other end with a different opinion. So, I read from Ben now. Let me tell you about Antifa. I was at the protests in DC 17 and Philly 16 and noon in Georgia when Nazis marched through our streets. At one point I disliked Antifa because they were ready to fight at the drop of a dime. But when Nazis came, who do you think was face to face with them? Do you think it was Karens from the pink hat protest? Do you think it was Democrats were staring Nazis down? Do you think it was black misleadership class staring down the Nazis? No. It was regular black folks and a bunch of wild-ass white boys and chicks cracking Nazi skulls. What's funny is that most Americans are ready to fight over stupid shit. At least Antifa is fighting for noble shit. So be careful alienating the brawlers in your camp. Because when the inevitable shit hits the fan, you may need people who can crack some motherfucking Nazis out. I almost forgot Charlottesville. I wasn't there. But I never forget after the night of alt-right Nazis screaming, Jews will not replace us, it was Antifa and DSA who came marching through the next morning with their flags and handled business, not civility trolls. I'd like to point out that the first comment on his thread is from a donut account that says, Man, I'm sorry, but white child anarchists are not on your side. They really are not. I mean, so I I didn't even know that until right now when I was just reading this off. So that I have to chuckle because she's proving my point that you know when you spend some time with antifa or anarchists in the field, it is virtually impossible to keep the old narrative alive. You just see too much, too much evidence to the contrary so i it is important to me as an anti-fascist as an anarchist it is important to me as a person that even if you don't agree with what i'm saying at least know what it is you can disagree with me we can fight about it that's fine but don't assign things to it that aren't true and you know, it's okay to not understand something. I didn't understand it all at first either. Um, The important thing is to understand something and then have a grounded opinion of it. But Ben touches on some real shit, in my opinion. You know, when I was growing up, uh particularly, you know, college, you know, post-college, when I started to really become re-radicalized, um... You know, I, I had a real bad feeling about where the GOP was heading. And I was screaming about that in 2004 when everybody literally thought I was crazy. And, you know, honestly, at the time, I can't blame them. I mean, it was, you know, I just I felt like it was going that way. To me, historical markers of things they were doing were really scary. Uh, and at the time, you know, there was plenty of people to tell me I was nuts and it was nothing to worry about. And, you know, I guess in the moment they were correct. But at some point, these people are going to come for all of us. And it's, we're in the middle of it right now. Like, you know, we're we're, we're in the beginning stages of, of a real conflict here. This isn't a cutesy conflict. You know, it's not going to solve itself through strictly peaceful protesting which is not a thing but you know the idea of the peaceful protest it's not gonna get us to where we need to go against this particular enemy you know so i'm not telling you all to block up and become anarchists and really you know get hard or anything like that i'm just saying We're not your enemies here. Um, We might be enemies to the right wing, but we're not your enemies. We are useful. So don't dismiss us out of hand because of bad media stereotype. Don't dismiss us out of hand because you're not quite sure what it is. Find out what it is first. Meet some people in real life. Ask me anything. You know where I am on Twitter? You can ask me questions. I am I'm more than happy to tell people the realities of the thing, in in hopes to bring some some clarity and some understanding, so we can all sort of come up with a strategy that works for everybody. So I don't know if that's crazy. I don't know if I've you know if I'm off the deep end or whatever with that. But I just know that community defense. Building relationships together with people who are action-oriented people in the search for social justice is not a negative. So, point being, if you're new to protesting, if you're a younger liberal person listening to this and you're just fed up and totally outraged and you're in the street finally, this is not about alienating you and being sanctimonious this is about telling you don't forget about us because we're gonna be standing next to you to help and if you get cornered by a Nazi if you get tear gassed by the police you know odds are the person pouring water in your eyes is an anarchist odds are the person stepping in to fight that Nazi or that cop is an anarchist or anti-fascist. So we're going to we're going to be there for you. So don't abandon us at the outset. Okay. Thanks for listening. All seriousness, stay safe. Take care of your neighbors. Support people in this time. And don't get captured.